Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome back to Very Dad, Very Sad. My name is uh, Ben or Mr. G. My name is Peyton or Miss Rich. Um, we have got a lot to talk about today. Indeed we do. And we're going to start. Uh, Miss Rich is going to kind of help us out with a little bit of a, um, a recap so I kind of remember exactly where we left things off. So last week we attempted to address Edwin Starr's age-old question, war, what is it good for? Absolutely turns out the answer. Nothing. No, turns out the answer is classroom engagement. It turns out it's classroom engagement. <laughs> so you started in your classes phase two, which mm -hmm. is war, mm -hmm. and you allowed students to go to war. And mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about, we'd already kind of talked about the dynamics of how that was going to work with the random number generation and the soldier strength and all that. And so we had our first attacks happening. Yes. In second period, we had only one attack, mm -hmm. right? I believe that was Gucci napkin. Yeah, Gucci mm -hmm. napkin attacked someone. And then in your fourth period class, we had quite a lot happening, right? Yes. We had Maxville um, attacking Moliscata. Right, Moliscata went bankrupt. Yes, Moliscata goes bankrupt uh, because Maxville went into debt to multiple people, like yeah. six or so people uh, in your class to try and kind of get back at Moliscata. So Moliscata had to go into, um, had to declare bankruptcy. Yes. Your class had to have a conversation about mm -hmm. how many times you can attack someone um, mm -hmm. consecutively. Mm -hmm. And there was um, discussion of what can happen in a surrender agreement. So we had mm -hmm. someone surrender for money, sure. someone yes. surrender for a Lego set. A Lego set. Yeah. Uh, we had quite a lot happening uh, yes. in last episode. <laughs> so how has the warfare continued? Tell me what's going on now. Well, we're going to start in second period. Okay. Um, Makes sense chronologically. You've encouraged me to separate the storylines so that I'm not going back and forth chronologically of how things happen. It makes it a little bit harder for me to follow. Bit I like it when you put it in order. Okay. So we're going to start with second period. Um, second period, as I think I mentioned last podcast, has been slow. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I was like, I'm almost pulling it because, like, I just think people aren't engaged. But people are telling me that, like... I just need to be patient because the people in that class are patient. Yeah, it's um, just a slower pace. I couldn't help myself. I had a conversation with Taco. Ah, And okay. I said, please, somebody buy these stocks that are floating in the sea. These 79 ah. stocks are driving me up the wall. Right. We talked about how yeah. those stocks, because you have an essay coming up yeah. that's going to put 150 points in the right. grade book. Exactly. People should be buying stocks so that they it's can make a lot of money. It's going to drive the price up dramatically. Mm -hmm. And it was just driving me crazy. And Taco comes in sixth period. And I was like trying not to tell him, but I was like, just someone has to do this. So the next day he comes in, he drops $100 investment into the sea and mm -hmm. just buys everything he can. I'm like, bless up. Thankfully, <laughs> someone's going to someone's gonna make money off of this. Did anyone uh, else notice? Yeah, he was getting, I think he, he got his buddy Bluest to, to do it and maybe meh. Um, but he was, he, 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 I mean, he dropped $100. That was noticeable. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, sticking on Taco, um, he, he was still hassling Toenail to get his grades up. Right. Which is exciting mm -hmm. to see. It's still it's exciting to see that level of like engagement with the material, so to yeah. speak, or at least maybe engaging others with the material. It's um, good accountability and like good classroom community. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's so it's just really cool to see. Um, but again, nothing, nothing much really happened um, until today, and I guess this 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 subtle tension that's been building has. Some, something happened in some something in the water <laughs> and like a bunch of things happened all at once today um so 
I enacted this this two minute waiting period so people could get their defenses up. Right. Right. Which was part of the. It was a reaction to fourth period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enacted it in second period as well because I thought it'd be a good idea. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I get the two minute uh, kind of waiting period, and uh, the uh, Gucci napkin and Wiener Schnitzel and toenail. Wiener Schnitzel is a new character. Yeah. Um, but Gucci napkin and toenail are not. But the three of them. Um, made an alliance during this like time of peace mm. <laughs> they 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 called themselves the suburb cartel which i'm not okay. a super fan of mm. but you know there are worse choices there are worse choices when you work with high schoolers you would understand exactly. that there are far worse choices um but they called themselves the suburb cartel and they are pooling their resources to attack you know um to attack other people and so first uh, Gucci Napkin attacked one of his neighbors named Teezus. And okay. <laughs> uh, Teezus just, like, didn't have any defenses. And kind of, like, before Gucci Napkin even, like, fully fledged the attack, Teezus just, like, surrendered. Oh, okay. He's just like, don't attack me. I'll give you five stocks and five dollars. Just don't attack me. Which is kind of kind of a shame because Teezus is a, is a good student and his work's always really, really high quality. And, and he could have defended himself more if he wanted to, but Gucci Napkin's been sleep, step, stepping on everybody with this $100 soldier. Yeah. And, well. and Teezus, I think, was just like, he didn't have it in him to, to put up a fight. Um, but, but he, you know, Teezus was like, oh, my grade's going to go up. Like, I know, like, I know this essay's coming. Like, Teezus mm-hmm. seemed aware of it, even if he wasn't being an active participant so much. Um, but, so... So so he, he just surrendered. Um, Wiener Schnitzel, with the pooled resources, attacked Fidelina. Um, she defended with 12, and he attacked with 60. And we had uh, the first instance of something, something really interesting, Ooh. where he got her to surrender her land. Oh, it's the first land it's surrender. It's the first land surrender. Um, but she's got to go somewhere. She does. Yeah, she's okay. got to go somewhere. On our theoretical map. On our theoretical map. Well, it's a real map, map but it's there's a real not map, but it's anyone a, on it. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, she has to go somewhere if she's surrendering her land. And Strike Eagle ends up taking her in. Oh, that's nice of Strike Eagle. Yeah, so now if anyone wants to attack Fidelina again, they have to attack Strike Eagle's land, basically. Mm. And go through Strike Eagle's defenses. Um, Interesting. Uh, Is Strike Eagle bordering... Her land? No. Once you're kicked out of your land, you can kind of go anywhere. Oh, okay. Um, but um, then we had Yuri. Again, another new character. Like, like this is what I'm saying. All these people who've been patient are now popping their heads up, and Yuri and, and Wiener Schnitzel are, are, are two of them. Very exciting. Um, Yuri attacked Bobby Land for a strength of 32, defended with five. Bobby Land did not make it. And Bobby Land was also kicked off his land. Oh. You want to guess where he went? Um, to Sage. No, Strike oh. Eagle. Oh, back to Strike Eagle. Yeah, Sage is also in fourth period. Oh, sorry. But, um, yeah, so so Strike Eagle now, through just, I mean, he he, he I, I don't think there was really any reason why they were choosing him other than he wasn't putting up much of a fight. Right. And he was just accepting people, but now he's kind of like the unofficial, like refugee. refugee um, the unofficial refugee land 
which is which is kind of interesting to see. Um, and uh, Strike Eagle was talking with this girl Suzanne, and she told him what her territory was, and uh, this became a thing because everyone wants to know who Suzanne is. Oh, okay. But I guess Suzanne saw that Strike Eagle was this, like, harborer of refugees. And uh, so she felt trust in him that he could be an ally. And she told him who he was, who she was. Um, the, uh, the suburb cartel, like, I guess has some kind of hit out on Suzanne. Why? I don't know. Like, it's personal. Like, okay. they just, they want to find Suzanne and they want to attack her. And Toenail is... Is is offering twenty five dollars to Strike Eagle to oh. tell him who Suzanne is. What does Strike Eagle do? Well, Strike Eagle's very tempted by this offer. Mm-hmm. Strike Eagle is is super tempted by this offer, and um, I think he almost goes for it. Mm-hmm. And then Gucci Napkin, the other the other part of this suburb cartel, yeah, starts really laying it on thick, and and instead oh. of bribing him, he's threatening him. No. Yeah, and and Gucci Napkin is, says to says to Strike Eagle, you know, like if you don't tell me who Suzanne is, uh, or his exact words were, if you tell me, you get to live on Monday. Oh my God. Yeah, which I mean, I assume is in game. Like I don't think yes. that's a real threat. No. Um, you get to live on Monday. Yeah. Jeez. So like they really want to know who Suzanne is. The kids are getting into this. And um, and I mean, he's got this huge army. And Strike Eagle's defense is only like ten. <laughs> Strike Eagle does not have a huge defense. He's got a lot in stocks, yeah, which will serve him well on Monday, right? When the grade book goes up, mm-hmm. but does not serve him well now. Um, and, but Strike Eagle is afraid of Gucci Napkin. Kind of everyone's afraid of Gucci Napkin. Well, yeah, Gucci Napkin and has like a, what a hundred strength speci- total. Soldier? Yeah, especially with the suburb cartel that's going on. He's got that super soldier serum. Yeah, super soldier serum, and uh, Strike Eagle rolls over. And he says, Suzanne is Nala. Um, he tells him it was a different person. Oh, he gave them the wrong, gave him the wrong name. information. Yeah. So he, he said it was, it's a little bit difficult to explain because we're using the territory we're names. Using student names, yeah. So, like, let's assume, let's assume Suzanne's, like, student name is, like, Steve. Okay. You know, and everyone wants to know who, who, which land Steve has. Mm-hmm. In reality, Steve has Suzanne. Right. But he told him Steve has Nala. Right. Did that track? Yeah, I understand what's okay. happening. Um, so he's... So he's he lied. lied. He lied. Oh, my goodness. And I was talking to Strike Eagle about this at lunch, and he says, yeah, Gucci Napkin's going to find out on Monday when he attacks Nala that it was a lie, but you only get one attack per day, and it should give Strike Eagle enough time to, like, mount some serious defenses once his stocks all increase. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> The drama. <laughs> this and is the, juicy. And and the strategy is is, is so interesting. Um, but what did Nala do to deserve that? <laughs> nothing. We feel terrible for Nala and the wrath she's about to incur. Is someone gonna tell Nala so that she can mount a defense? Yeah, yeah. Because Nala's currently undefended, I'll give Nala a chance to like say like, hey, mm-hmm. like you've got a chance to you know, okay, mount your defense. That's that's what I've been doing. Is like when. Um, when you uh, when you're undefended and you get mm-hmm. attacked, you get a chance to pit something up. 
Um, but yeah, um, Gucci Napkin in in his power is also like he settled his debt with with Theovon by taking Theovon's land. That's another point. Um, so sorry, we we took a cut. <laughs> um, but anyway, so so Strike Eagle sells sells the land. There was this, or not? No, Theovon sells his land to Gucci Napkin to settle his debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this really interesting dynamic where um, Gucci Napkin thinks that he and Strike Eagle are friends. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because because he rolled over and quote-unquote gave the name of Suzanne. Right. But I that's... mean, I don't know that threatening someone and they give you what you want makes them your friend, right. but I see what you mean. Oh, Gucci Napkin ended up selling Strike Eagle a 60-strength soldier for $47. Oh right? dear! So 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 Strike Eagle now has a, he he cut a deal basically, um, where he got it for forty seven dollars, and um, the juiciest part of this is uh, the Silent Resistance. What's the Silent Resistance? The Silent Resistance is um, gosh, who, did I not write this down? Oh, it is uh, Yuri, Strike Eagle, Suzanne, and Bobby Land all planning to take down Gucci Napkin. Oh my goodness! How yeah. do you know this? Because I talked to them. Oh my god! I talked to them, and I, I'm you know I try and find you know what they um, what they're doing and like why they're doing things. So the Silent Resistance is so mounting the silent a sneak attack. Is mounting a sneak attack against Gucci Napkin, and I think they're going to use that time when Gucci Napkin spends his attack on Nala. The way I foresee this happening is Gucci Napkin attacks Nala on Monday, and then because he's used their attack, that's when they strike. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I caught on both. This is juicy yeah. stuff. <laughs> and 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 so that was um that was kind of fourth period is is finally starting to kind of have a storyline. Um, you mean second? Second, yes. Second. Yeah. Fourth period has had a storyline. Fourth period has mm. quite has had quite the storyline. Second period is really amped up here. Remember, second period is really amped oh up. Oh my goodness! Where we have this this mounting tension, and still we have players like Taco and and Bluest and Meh who are going to do something and just haven't done it yet. Right. So I, I'm excited to see what it looks like. I know I know Meh and Gucci Napkin have an alliance, like a ceasefire. They're not next to each other on the map, but they've like declared that anyway and Gucci Napkin is making him his way kind of up the map so to speak because he he annexed Theovon. Can I ask like a class dynamics question? Yeah what's up? Gucci Napkin's relationship with the rest of the students in the class is it pretty amiable? Um I mean I find him hilarious. Right. I think um definitely he's a louder kid and loud funny kids are divisive among students. Yeah, that's true. Some some kids find them very funny. Some kids are just like, "Let me work." Right. I think that's a I think that's a fair and accurate way of describing him. Okay. Um, but he is funny. <laughs> um, he picked a great name. He picked a great name. Um, so now we're gonna move on to into fourth period. Okay. So if you will remember, at the end of uh, at the end of the podcast, we started briefly, just ever so briefly, talking about laws. Right. Right? Because I had Lala write me a law about this cooldown thing because I didn't quite understand it. We were talking yes. about how it set a precedent. Mm-hmm. And um, I had, 
I myself enacted a law uh, about um, like this two-minute waiting period, mm-hmm. right? Now, Lala's law was, I guess, just not clear. Yeah, it 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 was clear in the sense that like you could like get what he was saying, but it was not like it was not lawyer speak. Right. It was not exact. It was not like precise. He said it the way you would say it in conversation. Right. Which which is very symptomatic of like high school writing sometimes. Of course, yeah. And and I don't think he thought I was going to take it kind of as serious and as literally as I did. Mm-hmm. Which I was just like every every misspelling he made, every grammatical mistake he made, I just put directly into this word document and then shared it with the class. Mm. And before I share it with the class, though, um, I'm aware of these kind of, like, visual and linguistic discrepancies that, that could be argued. Do you tell the class that it's Lala's law? I, he, like, announced it. I, I didn't need to, like... Okay. Tell. Like, like, everyone kind of knew because he was announcing it in the previous class. Um, but he... Um, so so I, I tell the class... Before we make any attacks today, we have to do something else because we have this law that's going to be enacted, but we need someone who can interpret the law. I don't mm. want that to be me. And so uh, we we create a high court. Oh my goodness! We create a supreme court, a judicial. <laughs> we create a judicial branch. Are you the what, executive branch in this? Currently, I'm the president. Yes. Yeah. And I think I might stay the president. I think you because should stay there's the some president. hard fast laws that like about the game that I need to, like, be able to enforce. Um, but the the judicial branch I gave to them, the judicial branch of just, like, you need to interpret what this means, I gave to them. Because Maxwell had agreed to incur whatever penalty La La Land had come up with. Mm, okay. Right? And... Uh, and he agreed to that retroactively. He's like, I'll, I'll take the, the penalty retroactively. It doesn't matter to me. Because he'd already bankrupt Mollus got it. it, it <laughs> he had already won. He got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so where am I in this story? So, so, so your high court. Right. We need a Supreme Court. And so five people volunteer. Okay. We have Fergus and Maxville, who are obviously in cahoots after the shenanigans with, with Moliscata. Right, okay. We have Moliscata and Oslor, mm-hmm. who are um, just obviously in cahoots, just like everyone can see their friends. They sit in the front of the class together and talk, and, you know, yeah. like, they're obviously friends. Mm-hmm. And then we have Mariposa. Right. Who is, is one of the kids who I've really been wanting to take more of a step forward here. Mm-hmm. And originally I was just going to have one person be the judge and not like a whole court, but um, but like it's just the way it happened. Like no one was like really like voting very like with confidence, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of didn't get that kind of reaction. Um, and we settled on a high court, but originally it was just going to be one judge and I would have picked Mariposa. Right. Because yes. I I felt like she just like needed a little bit of a push, but mm-hmm. she didn't. She volunteered herself. Okay, cool. Which was really cool to see. That is awesome. And the the great thing about Mariposa is she is like now single-handedly the strongest and most influential player. Right. Because you need a majority in the court. Mhm. 
and she's the most independent member. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. So so she's gone from this very minor player to like this very major player, like the majorest no player. No one's gonna attack her. No one's gonna attack her. Not if they know who she is. Um. Oh my goodness. Um. So we get a high court, and then I I show them the law, and they they talk about it, and they debate. And they're back and forth, and Maxwell's interpreting it to his advantage. Of course. And but it's like it's so like gratifying as an English teacher to see this happening. It's te- textual analysis. It's total textual analysis where Maxwell is pointing out like this and this means I only pay ten dollars, and like you can tell like that's mm-hmm. what the extrapolation is. And then Oslor and Molaskata are like interpreting it in their favor. Oh my goodness! It's so like as an English teacher, I'm like. I was over the moon. Yeah, know. absolutely. I mean, this is great. This is exactly what we try to get them to do with, yeah. with poetry and mm-hmm. books and, you know, articles and stuff. And you're getting it to them to do it with, like, basically their peers, their yeah. own writing, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and But it's just, it's so cool to see Mariposa playing. Yeah. Because I could tell she wanted to. And, and speaking of people who've been wanting to play and haven't, uh, we get Sage, who is in period four and is a girl. And, like, this, this, this kind of... All of our theories about, like, the gender explanation are kind of, like, like why there's a gender gap in terms of mm-hmm. uh, who's playing are, I guess, we get, we get a chance to reanalyze it. Because now yes. maybe they have a little bit more background knowledge, and they see how this, like, war dynamic has been playing out, and they see how the stock dynamic is playing out. And maybe they've, like, built up a little bit of that, like, confidence and background knowledge to be able to participate. Or maybe they're just, like, feeling like they want to take up space. Because Sage, who you have as your TA and know, mm-hmm. um, attacked somebody. Yay! Yeah, who, good for her. Yeah, I, I could tell she wanted to, but I was I was I was a little surprised she actually did it. But I was pleasantly surprised. Awesome. I was I was very excited for her that she actually did it. That's amazing. She, who did she attack? She attacked uh, a girl named Cat, who's uh, put up no defense, and and Sage just got fifteen dollars for the exchange. Oh yay! Yeah. Oh yay! Go for, um, go for Sage. Go for Sage, you know, and and it was very cool, kind of like watching her like realize that she did have like power that she could exercise here, you know. That is awesome. Although I did admittedly tell her not to attack Legoland. Yeah. Yeah, because that's mean, another one of her neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was like, you should attack Cat. Don't attack Legoland. And then she did, and then did, it was it was very cool to see yes. her like realize it's like I can act in this world and I can like take something. You know, that was so cool for me. That is really cool. Um, I think, like, not to get too into it also, but I think that that's a really important thing that a lot of young women have to learn, that, like, yeah. we're allowed to take up space. Yeah. We're allowed to enact our power. And I know that's, like, a big extrapolation yeah. from this little game, but still, like, whenever we can, whenever we can, like, encourage women to take up the space they deserve, I think that's cool. Yeah, it was so cool. It was so cool to see happen. Um other attacks on on this day, which I guess would have been Thursday. Not that men don't get to take up space. Too. Not that it's not I think I, I don't think that's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's had an issue with that. Okay. <laughs> um, but um, in other attacks, we had Cheeto, who's again another player. He's, nope. he's a boy, but he's been quieter. Um, attacked Pony for twenty three against no defense. Pony boy Curtis. No, just Pony. Mm, okay. Um, Pony and Cat named each other at the same time. Ah, got so, it. Um, but he he took her for twenty three dollars and like some of her stock, which was interesting because I was actually just looking at Pony's grades, and she just jumped massively. 
Oh wow! So yeah, her so, socks are worth more. Yeah, he 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 took her for about, um, I think like three or four of her stocks, which were like trading at like three dollars, and and she was at like a like a twenty percent in the class or something, and she just jumped to like a sixty percent in the class, and then we're going to have this, um, this this point inflation, not inflation, but like this money infusion, mm-hmm. and so that that twenty three dollars is a very good money infusion, and yeah. I kind of wish. Uh, Sage had attacked um, Sage had attacked Pony because frankly Cat's the person Sage attacked was Cat mm-hmm. frankly Cat's stocks probably are not going to increase that much mm. um, so I was a little sad about that I was like ah I wish you'd attack the other one but I don't even know if, if Sage is next to um, Pony yeah Sage actually couldn't attack Pony but still I was like I wish they'd kind of gotten a better deal out of it yeah well We'll uh, see how the game goes. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, in other news, uh, Maxwell has, you know, taken his his victory in stride and has done nothing to taunt Moliscata or anything of that sort. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's deep sarcasm. Maxwell made a oh. homeless sign <laughs> and gave it to Moliscata. I'm sorry, made a what? He made a sign, like you know that like homeless people will sometimes hold, like yes. you know, mm-hmm. like I need a home or something like that, and gave it to Moliscata. Oh, and then and then gave Moliscata a dollar. Oh my god! So how is the like? How is Moliscata responding to this? Like, is this all in good fun? Um, I uh, I think so. Um, Okay. I I, I think it's 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 bordering on it's fun and it's starting to get serious. So how are you? But I think I think there's a difference between it getting serious and it getting personal. Mm, Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. I think. Because Maxville is is doing just a really good job of screwing people over with the rules of the game. Yeah. You know, he's not really going outside of the rules of the game that I can tell. Um, he's he's been spending a lot of money, but not quite yet a suspicious amount of money. Right. You know, he's yet to spend like five hundred dollars. You know, he spent about two hundred dollars, which is about what he would be able to 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 have. Um, but, um, so I, I'm pretty sure it's still in good fun. They have yet to get into, like, a yelling match. Okay. You know, I, you know, so far Scott has gotten kind of frustrated with me when he thinks something might be unfair, but he hasn't yelled at Maxville. Okay. Um. So things haven't gotten heated, personally Things heated have not yet. gotten personally heated yet, to my, um, to, to my perception. Um, Just to remind everyone, what are you going to do in the event that someone breaks the like blatantly breaks the rules? They just get kicked. They get kicked out of the game. They just get kicked. If, if it dad, comes up that, that Maxville is just like has his own monopoly money and you know just using that, he's just going to get kicked. Mm-hmm. But he he he. he I think I think Moliscata wanted that to be the case, and he was like, "Isn't that like a suspicious amount of money?" Um, but I don't think it's quite a suspicious amount of money yet. Okay. It's not to the extent where he couldn't have had it. Yeah. Um, I was just saying and, so that people know what's at stake here. Oh, if, yes. If people do cheat. Yeah, and I actually overheard Maxville saying at lunch, he's like, I'm broke. Like, he's like, I've got no more money. Mm. Um, so he has probably spent it all. And it's amounted to about $200, which to Moliscata, who's been playing very conservatively with these, like, $30 attack, $30 tax, probably feels like it's more than it should be. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not my my suspicion yet that Maxwell's actually doing that. Good. Um, don't cheat, friends. Don't cheat. And and I, I was talking to Will Scott. I was like, I think he just enjoys the game too much. <laughs> you know, like I I don't I think I think he enjoys playing within the rules too much to want to go outside the rules. Yeah. Um. Anyway, at the end of Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, Oslor wrote a law about bankruptcy. Got it. Right, because Moloscata went bankrupt. And, and I was talking with Moloscata and Oslor. I'm like, you know, we have to have a cap on when bankruptcy kind of ends. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's more powerful than the stock system. Yeah. Um, and so Oslor wrote a law. Uh, and it went into our little collection of laws, as I'm, I don't know what else to call mm-hmm. it, the laws for period four. Right. So do you have a high court in period four? Then? Yeah, this is the one with the high court. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, I was talking I was talking to Oslor kind of towards the end of class, maybe a little bit after class. Um, and I was like, you know, we don't have a structure for who can enact laws. We only have a structure for who can interpret them. Right. That's true. Um, and right now, anyone can enact any law. And so long as it's approved by you, I'm going to assume. No, no, I've just, just, just like anyone can attack any law. This is, you'll see where I'm going with this in a second. Okay. Um, and I was talking to Oslor about that, and uh, she said something super interesting. What did she say? Um, she said, um, well, the court can just ignore that law. Hmm. The court can just choose to not interpret it. Oh. Which hmm. is a very interesting take. And yeah, that thought wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah, but I loved it. It's a very creative thought. It's a very creative thought, and it's actually very reminiscent of how judicial review came to be. Hmm. Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact um, workings of this, but the 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 first uh, Supreme Court justice, the what do you call it, the head honcho? My dad's a lawyer. I should know this. What do you call the the leader of the court guy? The head justice? So, no, gosh, there's a name for it. This is a little embarrassing. This for is public really embarrassing. school educators. Public school educators, but not for history. <laughs> no, that's true. Not for history this or gov or econ. <laughs> this will come to me in like 15 minutes, but there's a name for that guy. Um, the the head justice, that's going to drive me up the wall. I okay, know that. Keep anyway, talking. I'll look into it. Thank you. The, the head justice was political enemies with the president at the time. And the at, at in the beginning of America, uh, the judicial uh, department had some kind of like presidential mandate, the like chief justice. Thank you, Jesus. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the one of the original powers of the the justice system was this this like mandate that they could give to the president. Right. You know, as part of checks and balances. Um, what they could do was basically like write a little document saying, Mr. President, you have to do this. This is what the law says. You have to mm-hmm. enforce this. And I forget exactly what happened. But uh, in essence, the president put the the chief justice in a position where uh, using the judicial mandate would have been disadvantaged, would have been a disadvantage to himself. Um, but he still needed to kind of like with the president somehow. So the president had him like just in a box. Are you following? Mm-hmm. And the, the, gosh, I want to say it's like Jay something, like the chief justice's name. Um, anyway, he, he basically says like, 
the law of having this presidential mandate is illegal. Oh, okay. He, like, struck it himself, but by saying that, he created judicial review. Oh, interesting. He created his own power to interpret the law. And he set the precedent for what the judicial department was for. Hmm. And that's kind of what Oslor is doing right here with this statement. Mm-hmm. Is she's, she's, she's trying to set a precedent for what the judicial department is. Yeah. Which and what the high court does. Is an important thing to figure out. It's a very important thing to figure out. But so she was basically, I mean, if, if, if we're going just by American standards, it's the president who vetoes the laws. Correct. But she's basically saying, no, I can veto the laws by simply not interpreting it or by interpreting it completely incorrectly on purpose. Hmm. It was a very interesting statement. Wild. And she said it with so much confidence. I was like, whoa. Um, so, Mr. President, how are you going to deal with that? Um, well, uh, my favorite phrase, by uh, dealing with it by not dealing with it. Um, <laughs> we're not there yet. Okay, that's true. We're not there yet. Know that this is coming. Okay. I feel like we're a little bit disorganized this, this episode, but... Um, that's okay. It's all right. I think I think everything is still tracking. I'm following everything. Was it John Jay? I don't know who you're talking about. The le- the first chief justice. The very first chief justice, yeah. or the chief justice that made the first state? chief justice, okay. who was also that guy. Anyway, um, it's Friday now. John Jay, you were. Oh correct. my gosh, I'm killing it. So I could I knew the guy's name, but I didn't know his position. That's okay. Half point for me. Half point for you. Um, so all of that that we just talked about was... And if I'm grading it, probably a smiley face. <laughs> all of that that we just talked about was yesterday, was Thursday. Got it. Um, it's a new day. It's a new day. Uh, it's important to note that law laws... Um, law laws law... Well, I'll say that five times fast. <laughs> it's important to note that law laws law incurs a penalty for those who attack multiple times in a row. Right, Yes. Today, mm-hmm. Maxville attacked Moscata. <laughs> okay, why? Why? To prove he could. Okay. Um, we're ba- back again. We're back again. <laughs> and there was actually, there was actually a, an interesting... I don't want to get into that one, but suffice it to say, we had to go through a small little fight just to determine who was actually being attacked during that. Mm. Um, but... Maxwell attacked Molaskata again. And actually, Molaskata won. So Maxwell's $141 soldier, mm-hmm. excuse me, got knocked down to like a, 40, a power 46. Got right, it. So now Maxwell has a 46 level soldier, and Molaskata's defense is reigning supreme right now. Got it. And, and this is exactly what I was kind of talking about with this like, you can, because <laughs> what Maxwell wanted to do was he wanted to attack Molaskata and take the dollar he had that he had given him the day prior. Oh, my God. Insult to injury, Insult Maxwell. to injury. Um, but, but Molaskata won, and as a result, his, his soldier went down to, like, a level 46 because of Molaskata's defense. Mm-hmm. But Maxville had not incurred the penalty retroactively the oh. day prior. Oh, okay. And I had simply forgotten about that when he said, I want to make an attack. Right, okay. I forgot that his soldier should be much weaker than it was. But the attack went through, and the attack was defended. 
Right. So. So we call the high court. All right. We call the high court, and um, so. But Maxwell's in the high court, and so yeah, is Mel Scott. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> and now you're seeing why Mariposa is such a strong player. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mariposa kind of makes all these big decisions because otherwise it's just a total clash. Yeah. Um. So. Molescada is has taken the law that we were looking at yesterday from Lala and mm-hmm. said, "What should happen is, we should, he should take this damage because I successfully defended against a stronger attack. Yep, and apply it onto this retroactive um, punishment that he didn't initially take. Yeah, that would be my initial thought. Right, and basically bring Maxville's." Um, Maxville's soldier down to zero. Oh, okay. Right. That's, that, that's how that's how much it would that's how much it would affect things. Um, Maxville's arguing that they should incur the penalty before he attacks. We undo this attack, mm. and so he he basically would get a chance to reattack with a weaker soldier. But that's to Maxville's advantage because right. he failed the first time. Correct. You know. And so they're going kind of back and forth on this. Um, ultimately, Mariposa sided with um, sided with Maxville, I think. Oh, interesting. But, but in such a way that there was no reroll. Oh, okay. Mariposa basically said, the way that it stands now is the way that it stands. And that we're not enacting this retroactive fine, and we're not doing a reroll. Okay. You were simply at 46. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, she's powerful. Very, she's super powerful, um, and that's that's really cool to see. But um, so that was a really interesting moment in our in our courtroom drama, for sure. But um, we have let me let me open up my computer here for a second. We have a complete renaissance in lawmaking. Okay, people have realized. That anybody could make a law. Right. And everybody is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Um, we ha- we went from two laws at the beginning of this... Cl- oh, well, three laws because of Oslor's bankruptcy law from yesterday. Mm-hmm. We went from three laws to now 12 laws. Oh my. Yeah. My, Mr. Gitterman. This is... <laughs> this is getting so involved. I um, love how involved they're getting with it's, this. It's getting super it's involved. Great. It's super exciting. Um... And uh, it's 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 so interesting because what's happening is is that Molascada doesn't have money anymore, right? But he can still pass laws, for sure. For sure. And and Maxville said Molascada is trying to nerf me specifically. For those not in the know, nerf <laughs> means to weaken. He's mm-hmm. trying to specifically weaken me. Well. Um, and so uh, it's so interesting watching Molascata use the legal route to harm Maxville because he <laughs> no longer has a monetary route of doing so. Oh, my goodness. Um, what are you going to do if two students write laws that contradict each other? They already have. Okay. Um, but you were asking me about like how I'm regulating these laws. Yes. And I'm just fully not. Oh, okay. I mean, it's there's there's some regulation in that, like Maxville sent me something, and I said this isn't really a law. This is more of a motion. 
mm-hmm. and so he you can like write the law and then enact upon it but like that is not a law like his his law was like we should vote out one of the other judges you know like mm, yeah no. that's not a law that's just a motion but you can enact like you are allowed to vote out judges like that's a law um but um so i'm i'm not and i'm not because i'm curious how is it gonna go how is it gonna go and and watching this has been really interesting from the lens of like how our country is created Mm. because right now everyone's just spitting out any law that comes to their head yeah you know and like is that how like our country started was like people were just like spitballing laws and like whoever like got the most influence eventually their laws won out you know um but uh so so let me let me read you off some of these laws and explain kind of like what's going on okay so um law number one was lala's law about attacking multiple days in a row law number two is my law about um you can't attack for the first two minutes mm-hmm. law, law number three is uh Oslor's law describing how bankruptcy works and how your right. bankruptcy ends uh law number four is in order to buy free space of land you have to meet these requirements and then it lists a couple of requirements um and what that's coming from is period four has much fewer students than the other classes do right it's got like 20 to 24 while the others have like 28 to 30 and so when i drew these maps i didn't actually draw them a student drew them but when these maps were drawn that wasn't taken into account right and so there's these like free spaces Mm -hmm. at the bottom of period four's map and this law is to um define how those are bought that that makes sense um but there's some like really interesting caveats in here which introduced completely new game dynamics, which the judges have yet to really look at, mm. such as it's fifteen dollars per inch of land. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, is that a square inch? That's something that the judges have to decide. Yeah. You know? And maybe the judges will strike that down. And what if someone buys part of it? Can you then yeah, annex exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. All good questions. All good questions of of like what exactly does that mean also you have to have enough money to feed the people on your land no one can starve there's no food dynamic yeah <laughs> that's true there's, there's no, no such food thing dynamic. but if you imagine for a moment that the judges like kind of decide that there is you know i mean right. i don't know exactly how i'm gonna manage that if they expect me to have some sort of resource for that resource for that but you know like people are just making these laws right it doesn't necessarily even fall into the dynamics of the mm-hmm. game people can't starve that's sort of a sweet thing to think like it doesn't make sense but it it's doesn't a nice make thought. sense but i'm gonna let it stay there yeah and then they're gonna have to figure out like because this happens in real life right where where you know you say like billy bob joe or like teachers have to get paid such and such amount of money but the money's not there right you know like what happens someone has to make some kind of a decision to make that work right um and so this does happen in real life where people are basically making promises and making laws that can't be enacted and haven't right. have had well-defined um haven't had well-defined really like right. structures. We have that problem where it's like we have to have a certain number of mm-hmm. positions filled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if they can't hire anyone for those mm-hmm. positions then what do you do? Are right, they exactly. fulfilling that law or not? Right, exactly. Um number 5 
Uh, there's an ability to vote out another judge for a valid reason. It will be a class vote. The cooldown will be a week long. It so for for a valid reason, yeah. I love. Yeah, What's well, a cooldown? You got to interpret. A cooldown means you can't do it. Like you can't just constantly do this. Oh, you can okay. only vote out one judge per week. Right, basically. but what if the high court doesn't interpret cooldown that way? Well, wouldn't wouldn't that be interesting? Yes. Um, and anybody who's on the axe gets a vote in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so there's really, and and that was done by Fergus. That was written by Fergus. Sorry, dissociated. Uh, wrote the wrote the fourth law. Credit to the, credit to her or them. Um, credit to them. Um, and Fergus wrote the fifth law about voting judges out, and he did that because he saw Molascada was really hitting this legal angle mm -hmm. to get back in Maxville. Right. So he caught it. Mm -hmm. um, law number six. This one was a really interesting one. Uh, the right to veto laws is reserved by the judges. It's cho chosen by majority vote. Mm. So they've kind of given themselves. You'll notice Fergus is a judge and wrote this law. And I forget who wrote that one. But does that mean that, that you cannot veto Ozla. laws? Maybe. I mean, I haven't really been stepping in unless it's like game breaking. Mm -hmm. But nothing in here is really game breaking yet. Just promises that can't quite be filled. Right. Um, and there's a difference there. Um, but, um, so, so there's the right to veto laws is reserved by judges. So they've given themselves, the judges made the law and then gave themselves the power to veto laws by majority vote. Um, which is, which is the first law that actually gives a structure to how laws are made. Which is really interesting to me because I really just let it be the Wild West. I really just let it be the Wild West and whatever happens, happens, and they start giving themselves this structure so that they have more of a predictability, and you'll see that in the later laws as well. Um, uh, uh, if you're moving your country with everything included, nothing will be left behind. Um, this law was because Molascada is trying to move into one of those empty spaces at the bottom to get away from Maxville. Yeah. Um, he's trying to get away from Maxville, and there was this really funny moment where La La Land is offering to buy, uh, Molascata's land. He says, yo, Molascata, I'll, I'll, I'll buy your land from you. And Molascata says, well, how much, how much are you willing to pay? Because there's some, like, you have to pay to move kind of thing in here. Um, Molascata says, how much are you willing to pay? <laughs> and, um, La La Land says, one sec, I want to get this right. Uh, for extremely cheap, because no one wants to live near Maxville. <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty funny. That's cute. But, so, so this, this law was enacted in order to let Molascata move away from Maxville. Right. Um, law number eight, if you're in debt to the bank or a person, you cannot move anywhere or you, stuck, you are stuck until you're out of your debt. Mm, which was made by Maxwell and Fergus to stop Molascata from moving. From moving, yeah. Um, so they're using the legal system uh, back. Number nine, no one is allowed to bribe others for votes. That's a good one. Number ten, those who come up with laws should be paid $10 twice a week. If someone else wants to have you create a law for them, they have to pay you $10. That law was vetoed. Oh. They said it was in conflict with law number nine. 
and that it yeah. counted as bribing, uh, counted as a bribe. Yeah. Because kids were looking at this word bribe. They were analyzing, mm, like you should it. in an English class. Yay. They were looking at this word bribe, and they said, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to bribe someone? And so having someone having someone write the laws for you counted as a bribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that one was vetoed. And then laws 11 and 12, which have yet to be reviewed. Mm. Law 11, law cannot be decided by one centralized group unless it exceeds 10 people in agreement. And law 12, to create a law from this point on, you must have the support of four other people, not judges or Supreme Court members or attorneys. Oh, okay. Basically, those two laws are pretty much in direct conflict with each other. Yes. And they're going to just have to decide what it is. But you'll notice really interestingly in law 12, um, you must have the support of four other people, not judges. Yeah. A judge wrote that law. Oh. A judge wrote a law which constricted their own power. But in a responsible way. In a responsible way. And I think that's really interesting. For sure. Um, I think that's probably it for the fourth period storyline. But I think it's really interesting the the difference in dynamics of how fourth period and how second period are approaching this. Absolutely. You know. Second period is is much more like every every person for themselves, and people are like aiming for land and land acquisition, and like money. And in fourth period, they're vying for power. They're really vying for power, and they are using the legal systems to do this, and they're using monetary systems to do this. Um, and I think that's so interesting. The differences. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Just that I'm really excited to hear how Monday goes. I think that this has been so interesting to observe and hear about, and especially having also also teaching juniors, like looking at that age mm-hmm. group and the things they do that I'm like, that tracks and the things they do that surprise me. Yeah. It's, it's been super interesting. I'm really excited. I'm particularly thrilled to hear about the the interpretation that's happening. Yeah. I think The that's interpretation really cool. I'm thrilled with. I mean, yeah. granted, like, it does take a good bit away from, like, the time they were supposed to be writing their essay drafts. Eh. But exactly. But like they were doing English They're meeting things. The standards. I was so excited to see them doing it in yeah, like this a way is they were really Speaking, listening, with. reading, yeah. writing, interpreting text. This is all within the standards. Um but it was just really, really engaging for me to watch that Absolutely. happen. And it's been fun to, for me to like watch them just kind of go and like to not give them structure and for them to make their own structure. And how they're like making the structure suit their own needs is very political. It's very fun for me. It's it's fun for me too. I hope they're having a good time. Seems like they are. Okay. Um, with that in mind. Vaya con Dios. Permanecer con Dios. <laughs>